Welcome to the Sourcing Hero podcast produced by UNA, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is Chris Lance. Chris is a senior director at UNA, a group purchasing organization, and the place that the Sourcing Hero calls his home. Chris joins me every month to tackle a current news story or topic of interest from his own point of view. So hi, Chris. Thanks for being back on the Sourcing Hero podcast. Never a dull moment with us, Kelly. Happy to be here. How are you doing? I am doing great, and I'm super excited about this topic because it does two big things. Mm -hmm. Gives us an opportunity to talk about something new in procurement, Mm -hmm. and it also gives me a reason to revisit one of my favorite things from my childhood. Mm -hmm. So I'll probably date myself, but I grew up like on The Muppet Show. I loved The Muppets. I thought those guys were hysterical. And one of my favorite skits, so if you've seen The Muppet Show, it's sort of like a pretend variety show. Mm -hmm. So there were all these little skits. And one of my favorites was Pigs in Space. And there was always this very Star Trek dramatic, Pigs in Space, and the little like rocket ship would go by. Well, today we're going to do procurement in space. You ready for this? (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. Okay. So the Space Development Agency is actually a part of the U.S. Space Force, and they are really shaking their things up Mm -hmm. through how they're managing procurement. So they're buying billion-dollar satellites, and they're pushing back on traditional military acquisition processes. Mm -hmm. And in fact, speak about branding for procurement, they've been told internally that they need to stop being a, quote, bad cop with suppliers because it might damage relationships. So we've got this sort of playing out, not only in outer space, but within the military, which means the government's involved, and you've got a procurement group trying to do disruptive things. So before we get into more details, what's your sort of initial read on this whole dynamic? So just so well, just based on those dynamics alone, right? Like procurement and military, like it actually <laughs> sounds like a beautiful case study for day in the life of procurement or change yeah. management. Like, well, but um, I don't know. My like my first my first read on it, it's it really I couldn't help myself. It's hard to hard to not chuckle a little bit, really. Um, and, and I say that because I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one who's been in this position before, right? It's the, this is the classic. Hey, chill out, man. This is how we've always done it, right? <laughs> Don't <laughs> rock so, the boat. Right, right. And so most seem to forget that, you know, if you if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you always got always gotten. Mm-hmm. I actually think that was that Tony Robbins. I think that's a Tony Robbins quote. But either way, it's it's just a good reminder that change, even the last three, four years removed, is still hard for most people. Um, especially when it's changed, that's not on, on their terms, you know, the whole bad cop mantra and in, in procurement, but man, you're really kind of striking a chord with me, me personally here, Kelly, cause you know, like as a GPO, I, I can't tell you how many times I'm pulled into conversations like that. You know, you, you start looking at massive accounts or categories, contracts with right. really tight margins. And, and then sometimes it's like, uh, 
you kind of have to point to maybe terms around these specific dynamics within those relationships. And that's, that's not fun. So I, I can relate. I could definitely relate to this dynamic. I don't, I don't know if I'd be considered a bad cop, but I gotta believe I gotta believe my face is on a dartboard somewhere though. <laughs> so. Well, if you're not on somebody's dartboard somewhere, you're not doing anything right, interesting. Right. And in this case, it's actually interesting because it connects to one of those things that procurement has always gotten feedback about. Mm -hmm. and that's the time that it takes us to get things done. Mm -hmm. So apparently the military is accustomed to taking seven years using a cost plus method to source and build their satellites. And the issue is because of the pace of competition and engineering and development in China, the space development agency, they're not just changing things for the sake of having change. They're trying to speed things up. Hmm. And SDA director Derek Tornier said something that, again, I think really resonates. He said, quote, change is hard, change is necessary. And nothing fights change like the paralyzing behavior of going along to get along. Mm. So, and that's exactly what we were just talking about with, you have to be on the one hand, prepared to rock the boat, but on the other hand, very clear about why we're doing it. Do you, we talked about the, the input that you get around change. Mm -hmm. Do you hear similar things around this constant pressure of time that, you know, how quickly can procurement do things and still arrive in the place we need to be at the end of the day, business objective wise? Uh, well, I mean, so we've heard a lot. Um, we heard a lot about, you know, uh, poor planning on your part doesn't constitute an emergency on mine, right? Yeah. But in procurement, yeah, it does. That That is, that is now your <laughs> fire drill. You have got to figure that out. Um, and so a lot of times, which we're, I, me personally, I'm starting to see a little bit of a shift. Um, and they're, they seem to be kind of taking the tone of this, this gentleman, Derek here, but for the longest times it, you know, a lot of things would be maybe hands off or we're not allowed or not wanting to challenge the status quo. Um, but again, things are changing kind of like like this director is saying here. Mm. Um, I'll give an example using myself, which, you know, I've, I've done that before. I'll say it that way. And so I, I can't think of a time that it's ended well for me um, when I've, you know, maybe hoped that it, an issue may resolve itself or, hey, I don't want to look at that, put that rock back down, things like that. <laughs> But really what it ends up being, it's it's just conflict avoidance that's delaying the inevitable because whatever that problem, issue, conflict, conversation, whatever, whatever that is, it's not going to, it's well, not always, but it's rare that it's going to go away on its own. Um, so when I look back, I'm pretty confident that actually whether the, what a lot of those disagreements, they actually would have been significantly smaller. Um, mm -hmm. Or maybe just a conversation if I had addressed him earlier on, you know, rather than really just letting it drag on. And so to your point, is it scary? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the best mentors I ever had, he told me that, the, um, for, forgive my language here, but he says, the higher a monkey climbs, the more he shows his ass. And so you have, <laughs> you, you have to have people around you to say, hey, come back down. Yeah. You have to surround yourself with people you trust. And so the reason I bring that up is because avoiding conflict doesn't seem like there's a tremendous amount of trust. And so maybe I'm dovetailing a little bit here, but I guess what I'm saying is the going along to get along is usually a sign. If you, if you feel that you need to do that, it's usually a sign of something being off in the overall culture of a, whether it's an organization or just in general, 
there might be a bigger issue at hand. So definitely don't recommend the going along to get along. And I'm interested to see what happens with, with this director because those are some big budgets he's talking about too. So I, I got to believe the resistance that he's meeting there's probably more to the story yeah. than just someone didn't like the way the email was written, you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and I do think too, it will be interesting to continue watching this. If nothing else, they're very clear on their mission. Mm -hmm. um, and that same director Tornier actually said, uh, quote, I cannot stand by and watch wasteful, thoughtless procedures mm -hmm. that will only benefit our enemies by delaying delivery to the warfighter. Mm -hmm. Calling that out won't always make friends but it will make our nation stronger. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a great example of sort of remembering the larger objective, whether it's a military objective, a national defense objective, or a business objective. And especially when we're trying to drive change, I think it can be a challenge, Chris, to remember that being successful according to however you define success mm -hmm. is far more important than being liked along the way, isn't it? Of course, uh, you bring up a good point, though, because I, you know, I do think it requires somewhat of a, of a balancing act, and and maybe that's just my style, if you will. But let me say it this way: I would argue that your priorities should dictate how the situation or how you're defining success, right? However, that should be handled. Meaning, yeah, you're not always going to make friends, right? I certainly agree with the quote and yeah. the sentiment, but but the reason I say a balancing act is I've. I've also seen people be extremely careless, flippant, and even just downright rude under the guise of success. Like, well, I'm not going to make friends anyway, so let me just <laughs> charge ahead. And so, but but what I want to say is, you know, being being a change agent doesn't give you a green light to be a jerk. And honestly, no. I, I, I'd caution against it, just like we're talking about or seeing now, you know, change is going to meet enough resistance on its own. Um, also, I guess I would say another thing to keep in mind is <laughs> this world gets really small in a hurry. So while being liked may not be the end goal, uh, network, <laughs> networking is pretty important. Uh, it's a really big um, uh, component, I would say, in business. Yeah. And as you and I know, nothing, <laughs> nothing spreads faster than bad news or gossip. So I guess <laughs> back, back to my original point, you know, success should be defined, yes, obviously, at that organizational level. But all professionals should be able to define define success for themselves, and then yeah, yes, I, there's there's days where you need to be your own hype team some sometimes, yeah. um, because you know, as as you climb that proverbial ladder, if you will, that you know that that does get very real. It, there's some days where it can get pretty lonely. So <laughs> absolutely, well, and it's funny you you know you make the point about good news and bad news. Mm. Uh, reminds me of one of my favorite expressions that bad news travels around the world before good news puts on its pants in the yes. morning, right? <laughs> yeah. So if there's any sense that things may not go well, that there's controversy, funny how that just spreads all on its own. Mm -hmm. Versus you have some kind of success that might be small but it's real, and you're trying to actually convince people to share that. Mm, yeah. um, now, one of the other challenges that these guys seem to be running into, again, that I think procurement can relate to, is mm. when you're trying to do something innovative, you need to have suppliers that are capable of delivering on exceptional things. Mm. And another member of the Space Force, Brigadier General Stephen Purdy, actually made a statement back at the Airspace and Cyber Conference in September 
He said, you may have a great solution that works great in your lab, but I have 12 other contractors that are saying exactly the same thing. And it's very difficult to get past those BD sales pitches into some real discussions. <laughs> and when I read that, I thought, oh, wouldn't procurement love to just run into meetings with suppliers and say, <laughs> how do I know that this innovative, disruptive thing that you're talking about is real, mm -hmm. even if we have to soften their message? Because I, I agree with you. We, it's hard enough. We don't need to actively be making enemies, even if we can't be making friends. Mm -hmm. Is there something that we can learn about the straightforwardness of calling these challenges out, even if we stated a little bit more constructively when we when we share that challenge with suppliers yeah yeah i do I, yeah i do um well first things first with with all change right yes. uh ensure you have alignment with your leadership uh, and i say that because you know when the inevitable sparks fly you're going to want that buy-in and support but i think <clears throat> excuse me i think the takeaway is as simple as be bold if you if you understand the objectives and you understand the goals needed, then don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone and, and make waves. Don't be afraid to challenge the norm. Um, cause I, I think if you combine, you know, being bold or maybe just unwavering in what you're, you're going after with solid alignment to the company from a procurement perspective, right? That's a really, really powerful combination. So I think it's really just as simple as stay true to what you know, Stop wasting your time on shiny ob objects and, and get after it. Um, now, I, I got to say this, just sh share a little love for our, for our procurement folks. So for any of the business development leaders listening, if you are looking to sell or you are looking to get in front of procurement, please take note, right? I mean, stop, yeah. stop selling. Um, <laughs> I guess deliver what they need and the volume will come because that's right. Uh, procurement, I mean, they're speaking right now on an intergalactic level on <laughs> this is what we need. Um, we don't want to be sold a widget. Um, don't tell me how you can upsell and cross sell me or more volume and, and things of that nature. Help me get what I need um, before you start trying to sell me on something else. So, No, I think that's an awesome point. And I think especially given that I'm guessing now we're going to look back at 2023 and it's going to be the year of two things. It's going to be the year of generative AI and labor unions. Yep. And so we don't want to get to a place where every single, whether it's procurement solution or any other kind of solution, everybody says like, now with AI, listen, if it's not really there, it's not really there, right? And you can, you can get the frustration. It's why we get numb to new ideas because mm -hmm. we think, Yep, we were also going to do this with blockchain. We were also going to do this with, you know, robotic process automation. You do get jaded to an extent where, to your point, please stop selling to me. Just mm -hmm. give me the information. Give me the solution that I need. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that I think this is interesting, and it, it sort of gives us an opportunity to, to come around to where we usually try to end all of these conversations. And that's, you know, thinking about, okay, how does what we've discussed today apply to our, our thread that runs through everything of heroism. Mm. And the word that really jumped out at me on all of this was urgency. We were talking about needing to get things done. We're saying seven years is too long. We can't speed up the existing process enough. We have to find a new way. And that idea of urgency has been involved in so much of what procurement and supply chain professionals have doing for the last few years. 
How do you think this idea or the shared sense of urgency plays into the need for heroes, the ability to be heroic, either through the actions of the hero themselves uh, or people that are hoping that hero will come along? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. So I get, I'll I'll frame it with a with a funny question back, right? Like, you know what what does it matter if if Superman is strong enough to stop the comet coming at Earth if he misses it? If he's just yeah. not there in time, right? And so it's urgency. Urgency is what sets the tone and signals the need for change. Or I guess I'll better said, it it highlights the importance of whatever action is needed, whether it's a response to an email or if it's a purchase that needs to be made. To me, it's it's a way to signal how critical or dire something is. So, so I guess the takeaway I would say. I think if you're on the receiving end of urgency, it should be taken seriously. Even if you don't even understand it in the moment initially, um, take it seriously and work to understand that perspective. Um, that's just basic change management, right? Yeah. And and I think if if you're the one who's going to utilize or create a sense of urgency on something, that's that's fine. And in a lot of cases, it's necessary. Um, I think what a lot of people tend to forget, though, is to be prepared, though, be prepared to tell that story, be ready for that pushback, just just like we're seeing Space Force deal with. Um, urgency doesn't necessarily mean something is the matter, right? But mm. it is going to command attention. Um, and so just bear that in mind, because um, urgency is it's a critical lever in any conversation or at any company. So. Now, Chris, I feel fortunate that you're with me every month to take on these topics. And if people are listening for the first time and have just discovered us, wherever you found us, scroll down because I always include links to some of uh, the last few topics Chris and I have covered just so you can continue on and and binge the, the Kelly and Chris show listening in. But if people are just meeting you for the first time, what is the best way for them to connect with you, learn more about Una, really take an additional step from here? Yeah. Um, so you can always connect with me on LinkedIn. It's Chris with a K, K-R-I-S, Lance. Um, you can also go to our website. It's una, so una.com. And then you can go to About Us and you'll see a whole bunch of beautiful people out there. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And if you just want to, you know, you have a, a question, a comment, um, you can always just email me directly. It's Chris, K-R-I-S at una.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sourcing Hero Podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for The Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget, sourcing heroism is taking place all around us every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well and always remember that you can be a hero too.